Gale's open, they're away in the Golden Slipper, there's a great start, and Mick Mitt Basque on the extreme outside is about the first out, Jeff Boyle. Yagler on the outside, lunging, but Catlin opening just in front, Jagler trying desperately, can't reach him. Catlin opening has lasted to win the Doncaster by a hit, the Jagler. This Iron podcast is brought to you by Racing New South Wales, Sky Racing and Inglis. Day one of the championships provided some great theatre with a stunning Sires produce win by Animo and a gutsy win by Explosive Jack in the Australian Derby. Nature Strip was at his dynamic best in the TJ Smith and Jamie Carr continued her stellar season with a Doncaster win on Cascadian in the royal blue colours of the Godolphin machine. Day two will provide a great encore. Highlighted by the Sydney Cup, the Australian Oaks, the Coolmore Legacy and the Race of the Carnival, the Longines Queen Elizabeth featuring round four of the epic battles between Adabe and Very Elegant. Adabe won the first two, Very Elegant turned the tables recently in the Ranvet, Adabe hadn't raced for many months and is expected to be a fitter horse this time around. The Australian Turf Club and Racing New South Wales proudly present the Longines Queen Elizabeth Stakes and it will certainly be the race of the championships. The finest compliment a provincial or country trainer can receive is to have one of his horses treated with respect whenever he brings it to the metropolitan area. That's the kind of reputation John Morrissey enjoyed during his many years of training in Canberra and that's the reputation that followed him to the Gold Coast when he relocated 15 years ago. Two years ago, the vastly experienced horseman slipped quietly into retirement, leaving his Gold Coast operation in the very capable hands of his son Scott. Mind you, the habits of a lifetime persist. John is still a regular at the stables, he likes to monitor the track work of Scott's horses and he's happy to assist whenever a second pinion is required. John Morrissey can look back with pride on a career which brought him hundreds of winners, 22 consecutive ACT premierships and five Gold Coast titles. The most cherished of his special memories are the Group 1 races he won with Camarina, Lachlan River and Rockdale. Perhaps the attribute that played the most significant role in John's long career was his keen judgement, the ability to identify and develop the talents of a horse and to put them in the right race. Joining us on the podcast from the Gold Coast on Good Friday is one of the most astute horse trainers of his generation. John Morrissey, it's a delight to catch up. Thanks, John. You've been in semi-retirement for two years now. How's the health? Yeah, no, I'm pretty good. My age get a little bit of wear and tear, but no, I'm, I'm pretty good, thank you. <laughs> wear and tear. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I know what you mean. <laughs> Some of your friends and associates were surprised when you pulled up stakes and moved to Queensland, and speculation was rife that you couldn't handle one more winter in Canberra. Is that true? That's true. Canberra's a wonderful place, but it's very cold and it was very good to me. And 
But I always want to move to the Gold Coast. I just something I'll, I always love the Gold Coast. You had one daughter living there at the time, didn't you? Yeah, yes, I did, and uh, I sort of moved. Well, Kay was born and bred in Canberra. She wasn't keen on it, but mm. I moved here, and no one knew it. Then she moved here, and she didn't know it. <laughs> I had oh, to be a bit sneaky about it. All. Yeah, yeah, a bit shifty. <laughs> <laughs> now, John, what about your owners at the time? You, you had a a big band of loyal owners. What did, what was the reaction when you told them you were getting out of Canberra? Uh, no, there was no problem. I sort of got on very well with them, and uh, they naturally left most of them left their horses there. But my main owner, Gunter Estad Len Hoyle, mm. um, you know, he sort of built stables up here, and he spends time up here, and you know, he was all for it. Mm. Talk mm. about loyalty. He's the epitome of loyalty, isn't he, Len Hoyle? Wonderful man. I've been with him over 30 years and never had a blue. Mm, wonderful. Excuse me. Yeah. No, wonderful man, Len Hoyle. You spent 10 years running the well-known Capricorn Park Training Centre near Yass. Did you take over there when Ken Callaghan relocated to the new Goulburn Racecourse? I did, yeah. Len bought the place and... Mm. It's wonderful improvements there, but it's it's very like it's very difficult out in a place like that with getting new staff. When mm. I went there, I took all all my own staff with me who'd been with me a long time, mm. and uh, you know. But I always wanted to come to the Gold Coast, and I was coming up here for winter carnivals, and Len, yeah, you know, Len was keen, so mm. we made the move. Is it any wonder you don't like cold weather? You grew yep. up on the Northern Rivers where your dad, Tom, always had a small team of horses in work and you tell me, John, he was one of those great old-world horsemen. Good horseman, great trainer. And he had small teams but won a lot of races and, uh, yeah, very dedicated person. But we lived at McLean and uh, mm. it was a wonderful place of the part of the world. Mm. You were about 11 years old when your dad enjoyed his finest moment as a trainer. He won the famous Ramoni Handicap in Grafton. 1960 was the year and the horse was called Flecked Marble. Were you there on the day? I wasn't. I was at school with a transistor under the desk. Where was your dedication? <laughs> Flecked Marble. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was a useful bush sprinter, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, Dad got him as a tried horse and uh, he won the Remorny. A fellow called Hensley training, he had a few horses with Dad, he had some good horses and uh, mm. when he won the Remorny, they took him off him and sent him back to Sydney and he was never the same again. No, no, he was mm. a bushy at heart, wasn't he, Fleck Marble? Yeah. yeah. Well, it must have been a very humbling thing for you when 38 years later you trained the Remorny Handicap winner. You won the race with Kidlet. I think Dad had only passed a couple of years before that. Yeah, yeah, it was a wonderful, wonderful thrill that I still remember it like it was yesterday. Mm. And having lived there, and it meant a lot to me that race. And oh, yeah, it was wonderful. Did, yeah. wonderful. Yeah. While we're talking about that horse, John Kidlat, he was a favourite in the end, not so much at the start. He won thirteen races all up, five of them on Sydney Metropolitan Tracks. But at one stage he went off the boil, didn't he? And you, I think you offered him for sale. 
excuse me, yeah, he was for sale for $10,000 and mm. didn't sell him. And Johnny Nisbet wrote him one day and he came back and he said, I reckon you'd be better off putting an apprentice on this horse, mm. and which we did, and from there he never, never looked back. Yeah, he didn't appreciate a forceful rider. No, no, he's, he uh, a lot of horses need it, but he, he needed just being kind to. Mm. Now, did you start training on the Northern Rivers? Uh, Canberra, I, I started. You, you kicked off in Canberra. What took you to the ACT in the first place? I worked for the tax office and got a transfer down there so I could start training. Now, John, there's an exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> you, you work for the ATO. Yeah, 22 years I had there. Yeah. You haven't made that public? <laughs> no, but, uh, no, I yeah, worked for 23 years and had a small team. Yeah. In the end, I went out and got a bit bigger. But as the son of Tom Morrissey, uh, this ambition was coursing through your veins the whole time. Yeah, always wanted to be a trainer and... Uh, and that's how it started off. Where did your owners come from? Uh, how did the owner base evolve? I just started off a horse for Dad and gradually uh, picked up a couple of horses down there and then mm. finished up with some wonderful owners over the years in Canberra. Mm. Mm. Let's pay tribute to three special horses. Camarina, 36 starts, nine wins, 13 placings, and just under a million dollars. Now, she was purchased by the man we mentioned earlier, Lenny Hoyle, in New Zealand. Yes, he got, excuse me, 300 uh, Kiwi at the time, which was about a quarter turnaround, and mm. she was she was a, a wonderful horse. She raced against the best, and but she had funny antics. She'd hit a flat spot, and mm. sometimes it's catch jockeys unaware. Glenn Boss was wonderful on her, but... He kept getting off her, and but when he rode her, she was, mm. yeah, she was tremendous. She was by the great Dane Hill, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, she was a beautiful mare. Yes. And fin- finished up a good brood mare. Yeah, yeah, I can still see her, John. I was working for Sky Racing uh, the day she won the Queensland Derby. I'd finished race calling and I was working on the ground in the mounting yard and I can still see Bossy coming back to scale after the Derby uh, doing one of his uh, rhythmic, <laughs> one of his rhythmic victory salutes in the saddle. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, it was it was great fun. She had a great three-year-old year, didn't she? She won the Reginald Allen. She ran second to a pretty handy one called Sunline in the flight yeah. stakes. Third in the Anset. Third in the Australian Oaks. Then she won the Queensland Guineas. Third in the Grand Prix, and then the Derby. Now. John, she must have been a tough girl. I mean, she was up for a while, wasn't she? Yeah, she was a tough, very tough horse, very mm. tough horse. Yeah, had a personality of her own, but, uh, yeah, lovely mare. Now, why was she in the derby? Was that the year the Oaks was washed out? Yeah, she was supposed to, she was going to start in both, but uh, Oaks Day, we had a lot of rain, and the Oaks was race five, and they caught them off after race four. Uh, and they run the Oaks and Derby on the one day. So, mm. you know, she was going very well when we elected to go to the Derby. Yeah, which was a pretty bold move, wasn't it? It was, yeah, but she, she was a good mare. Mm. She led in the Derby, John, didn't she? Yeah, led all the way. 
and yeah. looked around and run around and did everything wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's been a pretty decent broodmare too. One of her fillies, Camarilla, won a Group 1 for Sheikh Mohammed. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's, she's been a great brood man. It's a great family, you know. Mm. You've never had the opportunity to race anything out of Camarina? No, no, we haven't. They, they've raced most of them themselves, you know, mm. and they bought it. Now, let's talk about Lachlan River. He gave you a few thrills. Again, he was raced by Lenny Hoyle's Gundaroo Stud Syndicate. He won a couple of early races at Eagle Farm. And then as a three-year-old, the Queensland Derby came along and who should you put on board? None other than your old mate, Glenn Boss. Yeah, yeah, he was a hard horse to ride too. He did a wonderful job on him. He caught him behind him. He was a big, heavy-headed horse mm. and he had a stitch. He couldn't talk when he came back, Glenn, but uh, that was only his eighth race start that day and, uh, yeah, no, it's another wonderful thrill. Yeah. Hey, John, there are jockeys. And they're a horseman. You don't yeah. always get both, do you? Uh, no, he's a great horseman, Bossy. A few months after that derby, you gave him a good spell and then you took him to Melbourne where he ran fifth in the Caulfield Stakes. He was down the track in the Caulfield Cup. Then he ran third in the McKinnon and Glenn Collis flew down to ride him in the McKinnon and then you lined him up in Maccabi Diva's third Melbourne Cup. And he wasn't exactly a bolter, you know. He was only $26 in the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, he, again, being such a difficult horse, I took Glenn down because he was a good horseman. Mm. And uh, it was one of those days the track was pretty wet and uh, he was a handful, like I could never leave him all day. And mm. what on the fence where he finished up, he was a lot slower than out, out wide, and the four in front of him all out in the middle of the track and out wide, mm. and he got beaten two lengths. But, um, yeah, like we he, going out onto the track, he he kicked, got his both back legs over the fence. The roses went about 100 metres in the air. Like oh, would have scratched him on a normal day. Mm. But that was just him. It, uh, yeah, it was a wonderful thrill. That, uh, mm. You know, if he could have been out where they were, you never know what that mm. what could have been the result. John, was he always like that pre-race yeah, yeah. The, as oh, the adrenaline yeah. flowed? But what anywhere, any time? Yeah, yeah, he was a tough horse. He mm. like even Melbourne Cup day, he was on track about one minute when he kicked somebody. This is with two strappers on him. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> never get Colin Little keeps going. I cost him a Caulfield Cup because. Uh, Lachlan River was there and he couldn't get out and he tried to push him out. We just bounced off Lachlan River. Yeah. And, and he said he would have been a lot better horse if he was gelded, that horse. I said he was gelded as, as a yearling. Oh, he couldn't believe it. Is that right? He thought he yeah. was still an entire and yeah, full of himself. So, yeah, so difficult. Yeah. Now, John, yeah. I had another look at the replay of Maccabi Diva's third cup the other day. Your bloke had a beautiful run, even though you say the going wasn't as good right on the fence. Any other day, uh, he couldn't have been in a better spot. But was it my imagination? I think he still had his head in front about 250 metres out. He did, yeah, yeah. He did, and after the pace, just after the pace, he was sort of kept going and, yeah, he was there. But he only got beaten two lengths, you know. It It was a big run. 
Well, Maccabi came along to win that, her third, uh, a magical race, a magical moment in Australian racing history. She beat Onajern, I think uh, the Gouch rode Onajern. He was never able to win a Melbourne Cup, Darren Gouchy. He rode several placings and that was one of them. Excellent, a New Zealander, and like a falcon trained in Adelaide, ran fourth, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. And as you said, you were only 2.3 lengths from the winner. Yeah. Now, yeah, later no. on in life, John, that horse, Lachlan River, uh, suffered from the ravages of equine influenza and he never fully got over it, did he? Uh, he severed a tendon and uh, just waiting around to go and he had a few runs after it, but no, that, that was the end of it. But, mm. uh, yeah, the guys sort of. Put, put an end to him. Yeah. Did you say he severed a tendon? Yeah. yeah. What happened yeah. there? Just a paddock accident? Just, just a paddock accident, yeah. Goodness me. Yeah. Now, here is a piece of trivia you were probably aware of at the time, but you may have forgotten. Your horse, Lachlan River, was by an Irish stallion called Desert King. That right? Yeah, that's right. And so was Maccabi Diva. That's correct, yeah. Amazing yeah. coincidence. Yeah, both by Desert King. Now, John, tell me about Rockdale, another Group 1 winner for you. He was a ready-to-run purchase, wasn't he? Yeah, I bought him as a ready-to-run horse at Karaka. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he, he was a, I loved the horse. He was such a kind horse. Uh you know, he had had his problems, but he loved the wet and he, he won the TJ Smith on a wet track. Mm. And but then, you know, he sort of had problems and, yeah, it was only an average horse sort of later on, but he, he still won three quarters of a million. Yeah. He was just a beautiful horse to do anything with. Yeah, yeah, gentlemen. Mm. I hope he found a good home later, did he? Yeah, Lachlan River and him are both down at Capricorn. Are they still there? Yeah, they're still there. Ah, lovely. Yeah. Yeah, they're the stories we like to hear. Now, John, uh, trainers will all tell you that when these big races come along, you look for the best jockey who's available on the day. And there are occasions where you may never use that rider again. But Mark Zara rode Rockdale when he won the, the Group 1 in Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, I didn't know Mark that well, and he was he was up here riding something else. And I asked the fellow, I said, "What's that Mark Zara like?" Mm. And they said, "He's a good rider, that bloke." So that's that's why I went that way. Mm. And mm. has he ridden for you since? Yeah, only sort of here and there because we're in different places. But uh, he is a very good rider. Yeah, mm. another bloke that good horseman. Yeah, mm. I seem to recall. Rockdale running in a Caulfield Guineas one year, and I think it was a really strong Guineas too. Yeah, I think he ran fifth in the Caulfield Guineas. It was, you know, that never got you a year. Mm. But, uh, no, he, you know, he ran fifth, I think, and it was a very good run. John, I'll get you to stand by while we clear a commitment on the podcast. Back with John after this. A stunning boutique catalogue of 60 race fillies and broodmares has been put together for the English Chairman's Sale at Riverside on Friday night, May the 7th. The Chairman's Spectacular 
will be the culmination of a memorable week, which will also take in the Australian weanling sale and the Australian broodmare sale. The Chairman's Catalogue features Group 1 winning mares like Natoya, Celebrity Queen, Pippi, In Her Time, who's in Fall Do I Am Invincible, El Dorado Dreaming and Dan's Dan's Dance. Another headliner will be Angel of Truth's Dam, Scarlatini, who'll be offered in full to Fastnet Rock. Many stakes-winning mares will be offered, and there are siblings to the likes of Sunlight and Forbidden Love. There'll be a buzz in the auditorium when Kerr Cheval enters the ring. She's a half-sister by Schnitzel to world champion Winks, and she's in full to Capitalist. Wildcard entries for the Chairman's Sale remain open until April 23rd. It's Friday night, May 7. English presents a unique sale in a unique atmosphere. The 2021 Chairman's Sale. My special guest is former champion trainer John Morrissey. Now, some other favourites, mate. What about Here's the Prince? 50 yeah. starts, 10 wins... 12 placings, he won about 400,000. You won a Canberra Guineas, you won a Villiers, but the one you really wanted was the 1996 Doncaster. Now, what happened in that week? Well, he was flying at the time, and unfortunately, on the Tuesday morning, he galloped. Best he'd ever galloped in his life, and he pulled up, he'd bled. Oh. So that just put us out of the race, unfortunately, yeah. but... It was just amazing how that horse was going that yeah. week. Yeah. I remember you telling me at the time uh, the work would have won a Doncaster. His work was just sensational. Well, I worked with another little horse, a good track worker, and here's the Prince wasn't that good a worker. And he, he beat this other little horse called Prince Magic Eye by, I'd say, 10 lengths. And mm. on the Sunday, uh, Prince Magic Eye came out and just got beaten in the national sprint. Good. So, but, uh, yeah, but that's life, isn't it? Mm. Oh, yeah, you've got to move on, get on to the next one. Yeah. Now, that race, by the way, that Doncaster was won by Sprint By and without detracting from Sprint By and his opposition in that race, but it wasn't the greatest Doncaster, was it? It wasn't, no. And, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, I think he would have been very competitive. Well, you got him back, you nursed him, you cuddled him, and you finished up winning a Wagga Cup down the track. Yeah, he had a colic operation prior to that and, had, you know, had a lot of problems. But no, he won a Wagga um, Cup for his owner, Bert Rumble, was a wonderful man and a wonderful owner of mine mm. uh, in those days. And he also raced the mother of me called Here's the Point that won a light finger. She was a, mm. a very fast mare. Mm. Yes, he did win a light fingers, and I fancy Peter Cook was the jockey that day. He was, yeah. Peter Cook rode it. Mm. Mm. One of the one of the greatest. Yeah, yeah, no, he's great. Yeah, great rider. Getting back yeah. to here's the prince. Uh, you won a Villiers at Randwick with him, and I think that was a good result for the stable. And I remember Shane Dye rode him that day, uh, John. Now there is a jockey with whom you had a very strong and successful association. Yeah, he was very, very good to me, Shane. And uh, it's funny, um, we didn't have a rider, I figure the circumstances now, for his prince in the Villiers. And 
I'd ring Shane and he said, look, I've got to ride one for Gay or Smith, whoever it was at the time. And mm. I said, okay. And knowing the game, I just thought, I'll wait, you know, something might go wrong. Mm. And Thursday morning, the phone rang. He said, you've done anything about a rider? I said, no. He said, I can ride him. Oh, dear. And, uh, and he, he drew 22 out of 22, mm. the barrier. And, uh, yeah, no, Shane died. Great rider. Mm. A oh, great rider yeah. and a great man, Shane died. Yeah, I know you had a great association with him. Yeah, yeah. He's, even now, like if I'm at the sales in New Zealand, he always go out of his way to come and talk to you. He's mm. a yeah, lovely bloke, same guy. Good to hear. Mm. Now, I'm going to take you back a bit here, mate. We're going back to the 1980s. Can you handle that? I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to mention this old horse, Digger Starkus. I can still see him. A yeah. durable old gelding who had a race record like an old trotter. He had <laughs> 111 race starts. He yeah. had 28 wins. Listen to this. <laughs> 35 placings. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Now, admittedly, most of his wins were at Canberra, but he did win half a dozen in town. Now, the first question I've got to ask the trainer of a horse, particularly a thoroughbred, who lasted for 111 race starts, was he sound all the way through? Not all the way. had bad suspensories, but I used to nurse him along and mm. he was my favourite digger and uh, wonderful money horse. Mm. Got a lot of money out of, out of digger. He was owned by George Mastakas, yeah. fellow from Canberra, mm. and he was he'd like he, he was loved a bet. It's a great man to train for. He had a long <laughs> He, he had long arms and short pockets, you know, and the biggest pockets you've ever seen. And he, <laughs> he really looked after everybody, but yeah. we had some fun with Digger. Mm. Yeah, well, you were the kind of trainer that suited a punting owner because your judgment was legendary. And if, if you thought one could win, it took an awful lot of bad luck to get them beaten. <laughs> yeah, we had a little bit of luck that way, but, uh, you know, great memories. Oh, absolutely. And what about his his nature and his temperament, old digger? Yeah, no, he I sort of just you know handled him all the time, and mm. he was a bit funny early, getting nervous. In those days, you'd take him to Sydney in the two horse float, and he'd sweat and rock the float. But uh. yeah, but uh, you know, he was a favourite of mine, digger. Doesn't it worry you, John, when you're driving one yourself in a in a trailer? And yeah. they're kicking and weaving and bouncing around, yeah. and you know they're a white muck lather. <laughs> you, yeah. you think, I'm gone, there goes the race. Yeah, yeah, no. He was, but anyhow, he's, he was very good to us. But mm. yeah, you, you'd, have a, you'd need a drink when you got down there, put it like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> and a double. <laughs> yeah, but it all turned out good. Now, talking about a touchy horse. What about Miss Comanche? Uh, She was funny, but she could run. She won 18 races in all, four on city tracks. Yeah, she was a very funny horse. A bloke called Trevor Brogan owned her, Mm -hmm. and he he dropped her off to me one day. And, uh, well, Stewie Wiggins rode her, and he fractured his skull the first day. Anyhow, we turned her back out, and he brought her back, and, she just run the wall and come out the next morning and there was blood all over the wall. She'd been running up and down. And I said, look, Trevor, you better come and get this mess. You'll kill herself. 
Mm-hmm. I said, give it to someone like Kenny Callaghan that can train her out of the paddock. Mm-hmm. But he happened to turn up with a little pony in the, in the float. Mm-hmm. And I said, just well, just leave that pony here. And I put the pony in the box with her, mm-hmm. and, which I did. And pony always was with her. And, you know, she ran fourth in the new market behind Spallacci. Yeah. You know, she, yeah. And, but she was such a funny horse. She had to draw an outside barrier, wouldn't race inside horses. Yeah. So she covered that much more ground than any of the other horses, but had a lot of ability. So putting the pony in the box with her didn't cause any ramifications. She didn't want to kick the pony or do anything wrong? No, no, they finished up best of mates and mm. get the pony to go to the races with her. And yeah. She'd come up here for a couple of mornings and bring the pony with her and that type of thing. Goodness me. Mm. I went out to Leilani Lodge one day to do a Channel 9 news story uh, with Bart Cummings on a filly that he had there called Evandale Star. I said, Bart, can I get my cameraman to take a few pictures over the stable door uh, of this filly in the box? He said, yeah, go ahead. He said, but just warn your cameraman, she's got company. So I peeked over the door and standing quietly in the corner of the box was a nanny goat. Yeah. Yeah, I've used used goats over the years with horses. Yeah. Mm. Mm. John, the best story I, I can recall, there was a mare trained at Warwick Farm. I can't remember which stable she was in. Her name was Honey Jumble, and she was like Miss Comanche, a raving lunatic in the box. One day somebody suggested putting a mirror off the ground, high up in the corner of the box, and let her have a look at herself in the mirror, like a budgerigar. And she did that. And from the moment that mirror turned up, she calmed down. Yeah. Never a problem again. Yeah. yeah apparently Bart used to use mirrors a lot. Yeah. yeah. Now, Miss Comanche, I can remember Malcolm Johnston's brother, Michael, winning some races on her. <laughs> yeah, Michael. Yeah, no, he, uh, he won a few. I know he won a few on Digger too, I think. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. He's... Um, when he was an apprentice, he's up here now, Michael. But, uh, see him every now and then, and we yes. often talk talk about the old days. And he remembers Miss Comanche, I'll bet. Oh yeah, yeah, him and Digger. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, they were great days. And I think old mate Wayne Harris won a decent race on her one day at Randwick, the June Stakes. Yeah, no, he won the June Stakes on her. Yeah, mm. yeah, no, she was. She ran second in, I think, to Tony's Finito in her morning and, mm. you know, and only a wide witness, has, you know, always made it difficult for her. Mm. You know, you mentioned going to Melbourne with her in 1992. She ran fourth in a new market, beaten yeah. 2.8 lengths by Scalacci. Yeah. Yeah, so- she, <clears throat> we stopped at a place called Wallen overnight the night before. Cause, and put her in a paddock with the pony, mm-hmm. and it was freezing. And come out the next next morning to get her, and the rugs off her, and, oh. <laughs> and we took her into. She rocked the float all the way into Flemington, mm-hmm. and and run run a great race. Yeah. Now there was an interesting riding engagement in that new market. You took a wonderful horseman, uh, 
from Canberra, Gary Buchanan rode her in the Group 1. Yeah, Gary rode her. Those sort of horses, I always thought you were better off with somebody that knew the horse and you know, had a bit of confidence in, in mm. you. You put strange riders on those sort of horses. They just, you know, mm. just go around for the ride. So, but no, he, he rode her well. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is a horse called Caradin the best wet tracker you ever trained? I'd say so. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was. A, he was a great wet tracker and another great money horse. He was. Was he? Yes, and you'd have him ride, and if it rained, you collected. Yeah. When you say a money horse, John, <laughs> you mean a horse that you can nominate for a race that you think is the the best race, uh, and expect them to win. And, yeah. And they do more often than not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you have a few dollars on them and usually collect. Yeah. <laughs> and now here's a statistic that you may have forgotten. Caradin won seven times on a heavy 10 track. Seven. Yeah. Yeah, it was hard to beat in the wet. I'll say. Now, what about a bloke called Peter Pascoe? He did you a good turn one day. He sent a truck to your place with four horses on board. He said, here, train these. Yeah, Pete, you know, we're good friends and uh, he was from Walker. He was a builder and he used to like training a few on the side and he, mm. they were starting to wear him down. He rang me up and he said, I'm bringing these horses over to you. You, you can train them. I'm sick of it. And on the truck was Pittens and Pambleton. Good. Yeah, you know, at uh, Pittens, he won uh, two Lightnings and three Eyeliners in a row up here. Yeah. Pambleton won a QTC Cup, a a Lightning, won over a million dollars. He won an English uh, classic classic race. Yes, amazing. The Glass House was another win. Yeah, the Glass House, yeah. 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 Yeah, well, amazing. Well, Pembledon won nine and over a million, and Pittance won 14 with 10 placings for over half a million. And Peter Pascoe said, Here, I'm sending a truckload over, train them for me. <laughs> yeah, Paul Peak, I killed, uh, I think it was after about the first eyeliner Pittance won in a car accident. It was uh, a very sad day. Yeah. John, you've mentioned a couple of your long-term owners already and you were telling me the other day that few trainers have enjoyed more loyalty from owners than you've had over many years. Yeah, I've been very lucky. I've had wonderful, I've been sport, I've had wonderful owners. They're owners that had multiple horses and been with me long-term. Yeah, just, just amazing. Doesn't happen anymore. No. You've always had the reputation for getting a horse ready for a certain race on a certain day. And, uh, you know, for want of a better expression, you've pulled off a, a few nice little coups. Yeah, yeah, no. Some of my owners used to like a bet, and, you know, we had good horses and we were lucky enough to get the money. Mm. Now, mate, I've got to change direction here. Yeah. Almost certainly the lowest point of your career came only a few years ago when one of your team, Garada, returned a urine sample positive to cobalt. 
after a win on the Gold Coast at the end of 2016. She was a highly strung, excitable sort of a mare who sweated excessively and you were advised to add a product to her feed which would help her ward off dehydration. Now, you were told the product was clear of any prohibited substance. You were gobsmacked. It was a product which was labelled nutritional uh, food supplement, which contains, <clears throat> excuse me, no prohibited substances. But look, this cobalt thing is the greatest injustice ever. Mm. Uh, no, no one sort of understands cobalt. Cobalt's a natural trace element. It's in everything. Uh, like there's been nearly 300 cases of this cobalt, mm. and it. Uh, Everything Melbourne has been saying and hammering people down there, New South Wales proves that they're wrong. So, you know, obviously the process is flawed. Mm. It's, in it. it's, it's in everything. You know, it's just, just so wrong, you know. Mm. When the time came for your penalty to be handed down, the stewards actually stated several factors would be taken into account. Your guilty plea, your unblemished record over many, many years, your forthright evidence and relevant penalty precedents. Nonetheless, you copped nine months and it was a dreadful kick in the guts. Yeah, you know, it's not only me. Look, at my age, it's not the end of the world, but there's that many people out there, battlers, that have lost their livelihood. And it's they, what they did, they made a mandatory disqualification and they've proved the fee can put you over so how many poor people, feed gets used a fair bit with horses. I think you'd have a bit of a, you know, bit of a case, wouldn't you? But mm. what happened, what, all these poor battlers can't afford to defend themselves mm. and, and they, most of them are just copying it, mm. you know, just so wrong. Mm. Well, mate, when the time came for your licence to be reinstated, you decided not to renew and obviously that's the reason your disillusionment ran deep. Yeah, I've, I've still got a licence, but I don't have to train any horses. You know, it's, I, I just renewed it and do they say. But, it, uh, yeah, no, I, that was the end of me. It's just, it's just so wrong what they've done. And, like, it, cobalt's, like, if anything else, if a horse gets a positive swab to it, the horse has had it. But with cobalt, it's a natural tracer. It's in everything. I spoke to a, a dairy farmer out west. He was telling me that he buys his hay from Melbourne and he said he has to soak it before he feeds it to the cattle or his milk has too high a cobalt level in it. Oh, dear. Mm. Yeah, it's just, it's just a, yeah, it's, it's one thing they have got wrong. There's one positive to come out of it all, you know. You were able to get your son, Scott, up and running in his own right and he'd had a great grounding. He was ready. Yeah, yeah, and Scotty's going good, and that's how I look at it. I, I, I'm not dirty for myself. I'm dirty for all those battles that just had to cop it. Yeah. But I can look after myself. But, um, yeah, that, that's a positive. Yeah. Scotty, and he's, he started off going very well. Mm. Mm. I believe congratulations are in order to you and Kay on the recent celebration of your 50th wedding anniversary. Gold, my boy, gold. Yeah, no, wonderful woman. I've had a, I've had a wonderful life, you know, and uh, I've just been so lucky. Wonderful family, wonderful career when I was training. 
and wonderful owners, some good horses. You know, what else do you want in life? Yes, absolutely. And you've got all the family up there with you on the coast. Scott's there, of course, Belinda, Rebecca and six grandchildren. Happy days ahead, mate. Oh, yeah. Enormous pleasure to have the grandchildren. It's been a wonderful place to live, the Gold Coast. Wonderful. John, I've thoroughly enjoyed our chat. Uh, I've got a few more horses we should talk about, but time's beaten us today. We'll do it again in the future. Uh, congratulations on all you've achieved. You've been an ornament to the game, John Morrissey, and it's a delight to have you on a podcast produced by Supernova Sound. Thank you very much, John. 